Hey everyone, your favorite Harbingers are back. After a long hiatus, we come to you now at the turn of the tide. I mean, sort of, kind of, because you know, I believe this is like the first summer we're going to have where COVID isn't such a huge defining factor of how we schedule our social lives. So we're really excited about that. But we're also really excited to be back on the podcast talking about comic books, movies, and video games. And in this episode, we talk about comic books, movies, and video games. And specifically, we talk a little bit about some of the games that I've been playing. Skull the Hero Slayer, I believe we talk about Returnal, a PS5 exclusive as well. Uh, we talk a little bit about some of the talents that we've lost in the last little while, including Richard Donner, George Perez, and Tim Sale. Uh, all, uh, you know, amazing, amazing artists in their own right. And we dive a little bit into that. And, uh, we also talk about, uh, a friend of Justin's, uh, a really, really talented artist named Ricky Baba, who, uh, did some really, really amazing uh, Street Fighter character work, and um, we take a close look at that toward the end of the episode. So, so stick around, check that one out. Uh, we're really happy to be back. I hope that you're happy, that we're happy to be back, and I just hoping everyone is generally just super duper happy and ready to dive in. So uh, that's enough of that, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to your doom. Welcome to your Doom Show. Um, it's been a, it's been a bit, but we're back in it. We're in it to win it, and I think we just in want to jump to right back in. Yeah, we just want to jump right back in and get down to get down to some nerd topics: video games, comic books, movies. If you if you're a new listener, if you're an old listener, probably need to be reminded because it's been a little while. But uh, yeah, those are the topics typically. And I think we've got uh, you know today we're not doing any reviews today. We're not doing any explicit. Um, overviews uh or reviews but uh you know we've got a couple of topics here that i think are are pretty interesting and a couple of recommendations uh to give oh we should talk about halloween kills at some point like i really I was want to say, talk about that movie at some so point maybe not here but like i'd love to do an episode on it but anyway i agree yeah so i was gonna say like we started off talking about like you know we're we're, we're getting back in the swing of it and we're going to be shooting the shit today but like some of the big topics that we never really discussed and I've, I've actually had a few people ask me about it is they want us to talk about the batman that's one big thing yeah yeah oh yeah about. oh yeah um, but like halloween kills was is is ripe for a good conversation oh i sure. can't wait that is yeah um, oh, i can't wait to talk about that movie and i still haven't seen doctor strange which i feel like i'm going to really like it's coming out on disney yeah. plus in like a week so i'll i'll get to yeah. check it out there but um i saw yeah, i saw the movie I, mean, I saw i saw that one in the theaters um you know sam raimi is absolutely and bruce campbell both absolutely hot these days because doctor strange 
uh, came out, Sam Raimi, first movie from him in many years. And, mm-hmm. uh, and, um, I mean, it's no, it's no, it's no spoiler that, uh, Bruce Campbell making a cameo in the movie. He makes a cameo in every Sam Raimi, almost yes. every Sam Raimi yeah. movie. You know but then they dropped uh, Evil Dead, the video game, just dropped a couple weeks back. Uh, and that was a yeah. big, that made a pretty big splash. And before that, Method Man dropped an Evil Dead single for Evil Dead, the game. Yeah, yeah. Which, oddly enough, contains the best line in that song is a Halloween reference. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so deadly with mics like Dr. Loomis, he says in the track. And I fucking nearly shit myself when he said that. <laughs> and I'm like, it's okay. Wrong franchise. But that's okay. That's okay, Meth. I'll forgive you for that because that was just a dope, dope line. So good. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, so, so you know, I was definitely in kind of like Evil Dead mode there for a little bit. And uh, I haven't bought the game yet. Um Unfortunately, the game is like a it's a it's a asymmetrical multiplayer game like um, mm. like like what like what like like the Friday the Thirteenth game which I also never played we um, and I think it's by the same guys who made that game same studio I maybe think you're right I gotta check that yep. and um, right. and uh, there's there's other games like Evolve was like that and oh what's the game I think Dead by Daylight. Which is, I believe, is another, yeah, yeah, it's another game that's like that where, you know, you got four people playing as the survivors and one person playing as, uh, the deadites. Uh, and, uh, I I saw some of the, this is the gameplay footage. Uh, by the way, the launch trailer for Evil Dead the game, whoever cut that together, give that guy a raise. That lady or that, that man, give him a raise because honestly, it is just a, really really dope trailer like you want to get a hype for a game that is that is an excellent trailer to just get your blood pumping um anyway yeah if you haven't seen it check it out it's just ridiculous it's so good um but yeah the the studio uh, it seems to have like like a, a huge reverence for the lore too and i think it was the same for friday the 13th as well because you know that stuff always gets me, you know, like I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm only a recent Friday the 13th sort of convert in terms of like watching them all the way through. Uh, but, you know, if I'm, I was a huge fan from a long time ago, um, I would certainly appreciate seeing all these like call outs to, you know, like characters and like uh, and uh, they got, you know, voice actors back again from the films and the TV show Evil Dead, uh, Ash versus the Evil Dead and all of that stuff. So it's it's really cool that we get games like this. Um, and apparently it's supposed to be decent. Like it's supposed to be pretty good. So the only problem is, is the asymmetrical part of it where, you know, if you and I were to play a game, I need a game. I'd want to have a game. Like I don't have a whole bunch of people that are into the same games and I don't want to play with rant. I don't want to play with randos either. So I'm kind of stuck in that where it's like, oh, we could both buy this game, but then we'd have to play with three, you know, three other random people. Whereas a game right, like Vermintide yeah. or EDA or Earth Defense Force or whatever, we could just play like the two of us and maybe bring in another person that might be interested. So that's the only thing that's stopping me from getting the game is there's no single player. It's all, or there is a single player, but it's like it's a total wash, you know. Yeah, um, but you know what? Yeah, I feel like I feel yeah. like there's enough of us at the land party that has like those asymmetrical games that I think they can get some love. Like we liked playing Predator when we did. Yeah, the problem was is like. What's uh, whoa. killing floor is just too goddamn convenient to jump in and out of. It is. Too it, it, it is. Convenient. 
It is. You're absolutely right. I got we we bought it on sale. Yeah. So just a quick thing about land party is that we did land party this year in in December at at my place uh, in the the basement, um, in in between tenants, uh, and it was uh, it was it was great. Uh, but but you know I got we got everyone to buy Predator. Um, I was about to say concrete hunting jungle. Ground? That's not what's hunting grounds. Yeah, Predator hunting grounds. Yo, Another concrete jungle. That was a good Sorry, game, right? Go ahead. Yeah, I loved it. Anyways, go ahead. Yeah. Hunting ground. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's fun. It's great. But, you know, playing with randos in, in, in hunting grounds, not fun. Like, it's not fun. It's, but when there were five of us and four people were playing the survivors and one person was playing the predator, that was fun. But it's gotta be five. It can't be four. It can't be three. It can't be six. So we're kind of just, it's, the, the level of flexibility of those games just makes them, uh, you know, so difficult to find the right moment to play yeah. whereas killing floor two up to six people co-op right yeah and if you're less than six people the game scales so it's like you know we don't have to worry about anything you, you can play solo you can play with two people you can play with six people right you can in yeah. anything in between so that's what it just makes it so so convenient to play and it's fun man it's a great shooter that's a great that's a great shooting game like uh, the, the, yeah, the, even when i come back to it i'm like ooh, it's just like it's like stepping in it's like wearing that you know, like that, you know, I don't know. It's like, it's like stepping into like those shoes that you haven't worn. Let's like, say you went on vacation, you come back to these runners that you come back and you're like, oh yeah, this is like, this is what shoes are supposed to feel like. I don't know why I compared them to shoes. I'm, I'm you not know what sure my first thought was, with that, with, but mine was thong. So you're fine. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I was going to say pants, like a familiar pair of pants or like jeans or whatever, but I'm like, oh, that's weird. Let me, no, that's, that's, that's too weird. I, it should be shoes. And now that I look back on the decisions I've made in the last two minutes, I'm like, I don't think I agree <laughs> with any of them. But you know what I mean? It's like we don't play it for six months. They just released an update. This like aquatic horror update where everyone, uh, the, yeah. all the characters are done up like they're done up like demons from like the bottom of the ocean. Uh, new map, new weapons, all free content. Fuck yeah, I'll fire that game up again. And yeah, let's not, they, if they don't release, if they keep doing that. Sorry, I'm talking a lot, but like last thing no, on good. this. Uh, if they keep doing this, we're going to be playing this game for land party until we're 90. So, <laughs> yeah. Right. You want some new content? Here you go. Here's a few new maps too. Like it's, it's just, they keep giving us new stuff for nothing. And it's amazing. You compare yeah. it to like EA or something like that, where you got to, where they nickel and dime you for every tiny little thing that you want to get. Oh yeah. You know, yeah. it's, it, it just, it's got staying power, especially for or, us. And like I said, or, the flexibility yeah. of it. Cause like land party's gotten... As we're we're getting older and more responsibilities and stuff, it's harder for everybody to get there at the same time and to be all in the same place and all that jazz. So to be able to have that level of flexibility where literally you can have one to six and everything just scales depending on how many people you have, it's – there we go. It's unbeatable. I, I paused my recording. I was like, ah, right. shit. No I worries. hit my space bar. No worries. Um, um, yeah, yeah, and just the la- is still the best. Yeah, just the last word on that is that you compared it to EA and I'm like, I want a killing floor three. And my cousin responded, it's like, well, you know, not enough new stuff for killing floor, like to, to, to make up a new game, you know? So they keep, they keep releasing this, you know, really great new content. 
And uh, what you think about EA, they do the opposite. They're doing, like, you know, as much as I'd want a Killing Floor 3, I'd love for it to be, you know, like to introduce some new concepts for Killing Floor 3. Whereas EA will release a new Madden or whatever, like, sports game and actually do the exact opposite. Don't release new content for the game as free updates. Release a whole new $80 Canadian game. Right. And it's basically a glorified patch. You know, so so yeah, I guess I, yeah, exactly. I appreciate, uh, you know, Hard Suit Labs and um, what's the publisher name? Hard Suit. Hard Suit. Uh, I can't remember the name of the publisher. Treyarch? Something like that? Um, I can't remember off the top of my head. Yeah, anyways. Uh, yeah, no, great game. We've talked about that one before. Um, but speaking of games... Wanted to, I mean, the other thing is like, you know, during, you know, during pandemic, you know, we, we've all done, you know, life, life has, life has gone on since our last episode. You had another baby. I bought a PS5 and, um, basically the same thing, basically the same thing. They grow up so, so fast, but, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, the P the, you know, the, I got the PS5 I was really excited. You know, I, I, the first game I started playing for the PS5 was, uh, a game, an exclusive game called Returnal. And really cool game. The aesthetics in this game off the charts. Sound is incredible. The you know it's it's the same folks who made Alien Nation, same folks mm-hmm. who made um, a few other like arcade twin stick shooters, uh, but they did a fully third person action game. And it's got a great, you know, it's the way the story unfolds. It doesn't handhold you through the story, you know, kind of discover what's happening. It's about an uh, astronaut that crash lands on a on an alien planet and basically, uh, you know, goes out into the world trying to locate a signal. And every time you die, you restart from the beginning. Uh, uh-huh. And you keep dying and restarting, dying and restarting, dying and restarting. And there's a, there's a whole genre of this. I think it's called roguelite roguelike or roguelite games um but this is very much of that ilk and i always thought this game was like going to be too hard i was going to get frustrated but man it sucked me right in the 5.1 audio on this off the charts the visuals like i said they do this bioluminescent thing where they where the aliens in the game they kind of look like the aliens from edge of tomorrow you know that tom cruise science fiction movie with like the tendrils and like the glowing like bioluminescent stuff like really cool Great right. presentation on the story. It takes patience. It certainly does. The game is hard, but uh, I actually beat it, and it's <laughs> and it's uh, you know that's a, that's a huge feat because there are not a lot of games that I follow through all the way on and, and get right to the end, and I managed to beat this game, and that was great. Um, so yeah, like a PlayStation exclusive at the moment. Although I think they're thinking about expanding that in the last um, the last some of the last headlines I've been seeing is that it might go to PC. But, uh, and then they released this great patch for it, which gave you a, like an endless mode and they introduced a co-op mode, which was really cool. And I tried that out and that was a lot of fun. So, uh, Returnal and it looks amazing. It looks amazing. Really, you know, demonstrates the PS5 power, I think, um, really cool stuff. Um, so that's, that's Returnal. The other thing is a game that you actually tried for a few minutes on, 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 on my PS5 via the share play, which is called Skull the Hero Slayer. Yeah, yeah. dude, that was awesome. No, that game is, I, that, that's another game that actually has a similar concept to this. You play and you play, you die, you start from the beginning. You, there's carryover currency in both games where you can spend it on stuff at the beginning to make the run a little bit easier, but you're also getting better. You're also getting skill wise, you're still, 
getting better and better. So it's not, it seems unfair at first, but then after you get better, you're like, oh, this is actually easy. But you're actually powering, you're powering up too. But at the same time, there's a skill to it. Um, and timing and knowing your opponent and all of that stuff. Skull is really cool. It, the presentation is basically like, you know, like a pixel, pixel, sort of a pixel art, you know, looks like an old Genesis game or Nintendo game. And really simple, like really simple concept. You're a little skeleton and you can change your head. You can put on like a werewolf skull or you can put on like a, a magician skull. And each one has moves that are completely different and they can all be upgraded from like uh, multiple rarity levels as you go through the run. But at the beginning of the run, you always start with nothing. You start with the basics. This game sucked me in big time. I was playing this a lot and there were a lot of tense moments because when you beat a boss in that game, it's like, it's a huge, huge, um, it's a huge, like, uh, accomplishment. So mm -hmm. I, I, I really love the game. I, again, again, another game I managed to finish, which like, I never would have called that. Like, I, you know, sometimes I get frustrated with difficulty and I'm just like, fuck it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to finish it. This one just kept yeah. sucking me back in. The presentation's good. The, 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 the controls are so responsive. You really feel in control. And when you get that, and there's some RNG, like random stuff, randomization. Sometimes you pick up the skulls you want. Sometimes you don't. Depends on how you play, but there's yeah. so much variety there that you can find what you like and, and experiment as well. So you can carry up to two skulls and even switching skulls does something. So there's actually a really yeah. deep combat system there that's kind of, um, not apparent from the presentation, which is very simplistic. Um, so yeah, those are those two games, man. I, I highly recommend those. I really enjoyed them, um, and uh, and yeah, I think you would. I think absolutely. Like Returnal, I think is a bit more of an acquired taste, but I absolutely think Skull the Hero Slayer is up your alley. I think it's something that you might like. So for for Skull the Hero Slayer, a couple things. First of all, what was it that we we so. Just so people understand, what we did was you you own the game, and you yeah. were at your house, I was at That's my right. house, and I could actually essentially remote into the game that you had started and play. That's it. right. What's that yes. called again? That's the share play option on PlayStation. PS share play. Like I never used it before. I've started using it now a lot for those types yeah. of local multiplayer games. Like I'm remoting into another guy, another friend of mine who has Enter the Gungeon, which is another kind of game similar to that concept, but it's two players. Yeah. So I just remote in and it lasts for an hour and it's like you're playing locally with that person as a second player. Is it timed? Like at the, the hour mark, it cuts you off? It cuts you off, but then you can restart it again if you're, if, okay. uh, yeah. yeah. I'm not sure why they time it. It's a little strange, but uh, I guess maybe they're trying to, curb you from they're trying to make it maybe a little bit difficult to just not play forever so you might actually buy the game right. yourself so you don't have to yeah. have to deal with that um yeah. but yeah no that was really cool yeah you jumped in now a game like skull the hero slayer playing on share play you uh you know when i play enter the gungeon which is a similar twitch twin stick shooter so you got to be on your toes and dodge and all that stuff at the right yeah. times uh, but I have a, like, I recently, I switched to Bell 5 internet and it's fucking amazing and I love it and mm. didn't have any issues there. But I noticed when you were playing Skull, uh, over, and it might be your house. I feel like your house is like kind of like this weird Faraday case. It's made of fucking lead, dude. Yeah. Yeah. I hate it. Yeah. But no, I, I've upgraded my internet to not to 5 though. I just, I'm cheap. But I think what I, the setup I have now is probably okay to do it. It was before we did that. But yeah, even just a little bit of lag on that game was like shattering. It yes. was really tough. Oh, for um, sure. But yeah. that being said, there, there was, you, you mentioned that it was a simple concept. I guess 
conceptually it's a pretty simple like concept but the amount of it it seemed to me just in the like 10 minutes i played it that there's a lot of opportunity to be able to like customize and do so many different things like oh, you yeah. and i playing the game differently would probably result in vastly different oh, yeah. heroes that that come out of it right so yeah. there's so much customization around it between the skulls you choose there's randomization to which skulls you get like you said but yep. there's also it looked like there's like trinkets or fucking other things items. you can kind of yep. upgrade your character with yeah items and stuff so yeah. Yeah, I mean, it looks like it's got a lot of depth to it. Like, you can really tweak and do things differently throughout your play so that you can kind of, like, vary it up and it just feels kind of fresh, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's why I'm kind of curious because I know the skulls that I kind of gravitated towards. Um, yeah. But I, I feel like because some skulls I tried, I'm like, nope, never never using that skull again. And I actually, like, <laughs> when I see the skull pop up, I'm just like, there's, like, a little bit of hatred in me. A little bit of sadness that I that I didn't get yeah. the difference because it just seems like a waste. It's a waste. I'm never using that skull again. Um, but some skulls I've hated initially, and then I tried them again. I'm actually like, hmm, not bad. And then you go on YouTube and you look at this one guy who's just like who's done all the skulls, done all the runs, tries different <laughs> builds and shit. And I really went in, I really went in deep for sure. So that's why I'm just curious how you how you might play the game. And, like, which skulls you gravitate towards, which builds, like, with those items, like you were saying, there's slots for items, and those items not only come with a power-up for the item, but also give you two passive skills. So, when you, yeah. the way you stay, you stagger, sorry, the way you uh, stack those passive skills creates your build, basically. So, you can, and, and you can customize that. It's also, again, there is randomization, because whatever drops, drops. So, sometimes yeah. you'll just have a shit run, and you're like, you know, whatever, fuck it. I'll just try again later. And it's good. It's great. Yeah. You know, maybe like for you as well, you know, with kids, you know, two kids in the house is like, I can only play for 20 minutes or whatever. So you just jump in, do a right. run, die, all good. And and then you, you know, you play again. I used to play like one game a day until I got addicted. Guy, like yeah. I got addicted and I was playing this game and my wife, so, you know, my wife, so for sugar's so funny. She's like, you got a PS5. Why are you playing this? This game looks like a fucking Nintendo game. Like we paid, like why are you playing this game so much? He's got a point. Yeah, and she's and she's like, this game looks like it came out in the eighties. Like, what's going on, right? And I'm like, you don't understand. Meanwhile, I'm sweating trying to beat this boss again. That looks like a boss from like Sonic the Hedgehog from like you know the Sega Genesis. But uh, oh, it's it was fun though. It's it's a really fun game. I, I like it a lot. That's pretty great. Um, yeah. So that is Returnal and Skull, the Hero Slayer. The last thing on the video game front that I wanted to mention was a game that we and I actually got into a little bit and actually, you yeah. know, sort of finished. I just had a watch on it. It was on deep, deep sale. Was it like $8? I think it was like $8. And I'm entirely convinced I got my $8 worth out of that game. Hours and hours went into that yeah. one. It's called Victor Vran. And it's basically uh, like a top-down uh, action RPG, kind of like Diablo, except more fun than Diablo because this game requires some skill to play. Like, and I, yeah. I know a lot of Diablo yeah. players might actually be kind of upset with that. I say that I say that because the last time you and I and my cousin tried to play Diablo because we were looking for a fun, like top-down, twin-stick kind of action game to play. I'm like, oh, this looks like fun. Let's play this. It didn't. We were playing it. I could literally fall asleep. You know, playing I was. the game. Yeah, <laughs> I was just like, and I was still competitive. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, and I never died. 
and yeah. uh, I, there's there was no real there was no real skill involved. Like I was the the witch doctor, a summon guy, so I had like eighteen. My my eighteen like character posse following me around. My hype man behind me, just like you know, like just chasing <laughs> me around and like protecting me. I just walk in a place, start throwing some jars with spiders in them, and like fuck, I didn't really have to do anything. It was so insane. All the shit that happens on the screen is so insane, and uh, you just wait for all the enemies to die. That's how it felt. Now I know on the higher difficulties on that game, it gets a little different, but we couldn't get there. Like it didn't hold my attention or our attention long enough because it didn't really engage us on that level. Victor Fran, on the other hand, does have a cool dodge mechanic, does have, doesn't, has less insanity on the screen. It's a little more precise uh, in its approach. And, uh, the you know, the weapons are a lot of fun. It's well put together. Uh, and, mm. you know, it got me listening to Motorhead. So... Uh, yeah. I was yeah. going to say, so we, we, we got the Overkill Edition, which included some of the, I think, I don't know if you had to yeah, pay for DLC. the DLC separately when yeah, it came yeah. through, but add-ons to the game and one of those add-ons was a story mode around lemmy from motorhead who's yeah. like probably like if you're if you've got a mount rushmore of like the like the heavy metal guys lemmy's on it right yeah, for sure and he is basically like the main driver of this story for the overkill part or i can't remember what the yep. the, the section it's, is for that uh, well it's called motorhead i think it's just called, it's motor just called motorhead? Or something. motorhead yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So you go into the section, and it's driven through him, basically. Like, you've got to go and do this and this and that. After you finish, like, the part with him, he just kind of fades off into the sunset, but you get, like, an epic bass. Yeah. And it's just, it's, it's, the music is constant. When you're in that, in that world, it's all just Motorhead. You're hearing all of their classics, be it instrumental or with lyrics. Yeah. Yeah, um, and the gameplay doesn't change. The game style doesn't change. The the yeah. the, the, the enemies do change between the For different sure. universes, which is cool. Yeah. Um, and because there are different traits for every single weapon that you get, be it a you know dual revolvers, be it a shotgun, yep. be it a guitar, because that's that's a a DLC weapon right. in this game. Right. Um, they all feel different. They all have different like intricacies to each one. But man, it's just so much fun, and you can like like to what we were saying with uh, Skull, you can vary the the your your play and make things feel fresh and interesting all the time by just switching out a couple of weapons. You yeah. do that, and it's like it's it's like you're playing a different game almost. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, the attention to detail, you can tell that like the, some of the Motorhead stuff just like it was just so nicely done. The worlds and stuff like there's a lot of like, um like Nazi level kind of type uh, things that you would kind of associate Lemmy with and not in a negative way. Like Lemmy, Lemmy always, I don't know. He had a weird relationship with like Nazi, Nazi memorabilia, um, but had nothing to do with him being on that side at all. He was just, he was just weird about it. Yeah. yeah he's a very interesting well, dude. They, in the, I, in they the had game, a full document. Sorry. In the game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 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 you're actually you're you're actually like slaying like the Nazis and the in the game yeah. in that world it's like they you know like war has basically torn the planet yes apart it's like a post apocalyptic scenario so there's nothing about the game that is like in in support of like you know the you know no. uh, Nazi regime or anything like that but it's cool because no, I no, no. I did. He must be a collector of some kind. That's right? what like, it is. Yeah. Yes, that's the best way to put it. He's very much a collector of that stuff, but he he was not. He's certainly not a supporter. Um, I, I I'm probably butchering kind of the kind of illustrating it, but there has been there was a documentary. I want to say it might have been on Netflix or maybe Amazon 
Um, but it was all about Lemmy, and it was actually really, really neat. The thing that kills me about it is there's a bar on, I think, Sunset, somewhere in L.A. I could have fucking gone there and probably seen him. Like, no way. sitting at the bar. Dude, yeah, he uh-huh. would just sit at this bar all the time. And they had references to it in the game as well, that there's this, like, little slot game machine at yes. the side of the bar that That's he'd right. always be there. And like, he'd just basically roll up to the bar, the bartender would hand him a bottle of Jack Daniels, and he'd just be playing this thing. And that was that was that bar in, in yeah. L.A. And yeah. it was not very far from my like my first place in Hollywood. Like crazy. My, I don't know. It might have been like twenty or thirty minutes. Had I known that then, I fucking would have been there right away. <laughs> that would have been my first stop. That's interesting. So that, I mean, so yeah. so you had this like you had this understanding of what that was. I saw you know Victor. So it's these three universes. So it's like the regular sort of gothic horror universe, and you you beat that. And then the deal. One of the DLCs is the Motorhead world. And I saw Motorhead, meant nothing to me, opened it up. I'm sure. like, oh, all right, well, this is pretty cool. We jump in. I'm like, okay, I think I know Motorhead's a band, I think. Okay, that's about, I knew nothing. I know I knew nothing about Motorhead. I jump into this game. And uh, and you, I meet Lemmy. First of all, also, the bartender at your, your sort of base of operations is a bar, right, like you were saying. Uh, and the bartender is Lloyd from The Shining inexplicably <laughs> for whatever reason and you go into the game and like you said it's motorhead music right and they're using that i guess they're using the aesthetic from their concerts and their album art and all of that to drive a lot of the designs there is a song that came on and in like uh, there, there are parts of this game uh, uh where you where you go up to like a, a like a basically a statue and it's like you got to beat all all these enemies warp in and you got to beat all the enemies and then you get some dope dope loot when you get close to the statue, you know, uh, like a, like like a, a the, the music goes quiet, and then a song comes on, and it's like, and it's like it gets me like all hyped up, it's like, that's not like how it goes, but like, but it's like that, it's like this, like starts with this solo guitar, and then like all these enemies warp in, and I'm just like, oh fuck, and then you just start like, you know, going nuts using all your moves, your destiny cards, all that shit, and just trying to survive. At that point. So this game actually gets me, it, like, that world got me hyped up, but there was this song that got stuck in my head, right? There was this song, it got stuck in my head, I'm playing the game, and he's, like, in the song, the song's like, Kill my dick, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> kill my dick, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> kill my dick, and I'm just like, I'm like, I'm like, I shouldn't like this song, I shouldn't. But I'm slaying these, like, succubi and all of these, like, zombie Nazis, and I'm just dummying all these guys with my pumpkin hammer and my, you know, electric trumpet, which is a real thing in the game. And, um, <laughs> and, uh, and, and I'm just like, yeah, kill my dick. And I'm just, I'm singing the song now. Here we go. I'm into it. I'm into it. And then at the end of the song is the best part because then he's just like, I mean, there's a chorus to the song. This is, sorry, sorry, there are verses to the song. This is just the chorus. Yeah. But that's the thing that stands out to me. And then at the end of the song, to the end, like the crescendo, like the, sorry, not the crescendo, but like the whole end part, the last like 20 seconds of the song, he's just like, my dick, my dick, my dick, my dick. And I'm just like sitting there and I'm like, Sl- I'm just destroying these succubi, and I'm just like, like I said, just dummying these guys. And I'm sitting there with a the controller. I'm like, my dick. I'm singing it now. My dick. My dick. And I'm just, lo- I'm, I'm loving it right now. I'm, I'm in right. Like you know, you either play, you either play the Motorhead world in this game, and immediately stop playing because you don't like the music because it's Motorhead wall to wall, right? Right. 
or you become a fan. I mean, there's no, yeah. there is no in between, uh, right, for this world. So I was like, my dick, my dick, and it's great. And I'm like, this is great, right? And uh, I messaged you yes. after that. And I'm just like, I think my exact message was, man, I really like this Kill My Dick song. It's really fucking good. Like, it's good. <laughs> and <laughs> to which I probably responded, what the fuck are you talking about, man? <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, the Kill My Dick, like I'm playing Victor Vran, the Motorhead song, Kill My Dick. It's pretty, it's good. It's catchy. You know, like I didn't like it at first, but then I was like, and then there was this really long I, you know, like when you message someone, but, but like you were on it. Like when, when I sent the message, you were responded right away. So I knew you were there. So there's like really long pause. And then you messaged back and said, do you mean killed by death? <laughs> and then, and then I was like, um, no, I mean killed my dick. <laughs> Realizing that I potentially have made a mistake here. And then you sent me the song. And lo and behold, it's called Killed by Death. Now, in my defense, if you heard this song in the game and had never heard it, didn't know who Motorhead was, no, you're just playing the game and you're hearing the song... In my, I can still hear it. I can still hear "Kill My Dick." I can still hear it, but now I can. I can also hear "Killed by Death." Um, uh, in my opinion, made the song worse. But hey, that's just me because my the original version in my head was "Kill My Dick," and that was just way better than "Killed by Death." What does that even mean? "Killed by Death." Ridiculous. Anyways, know. that's my, that's my, and then the other, so that's my big, <laughs> big story about my intro to, to Motorhead. Uh, but there are other, there's another song, The Ace of Spades, I think is the other one. Yeah. That's a, that's a really, it's arguably that's, their most popular song. Yeah. That's the one I think that plays when all the guy, well, all the enemies start warping in and I'm just like, dur, 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 it's great. Ace of Spades, the Ace of Spades. It's great. I was like, fuck. Yeah. You know, like I said, either you become a fan or you stop playing the game because there's just if you don't like the music and you're playing that world, you're just gonna play it on mute at that point. There's no, yeah. there's no. I guess you could turn the you can turn the music volume down on the options, but anyway, that was that's that that's Victor Vran. Um, I I I, I thought it's pretty good. I stopped playing. Uh, you know, I didn't finish the third. I didn't I didn't get to the end of like the DLC, but like it was eight dollars. I think it was like some of the best eight bucks I've ever spent, to be honest. Yeah, you we we got a lot out of it. I'd say. Yeah, I, I think it was worth it. I'm the same boat. The same boat. I mean, I just I didn't get to that, the the third stage. At some point, I'd like to revisit it because I really did enjoy playing it. It's just like, yeah, there has been no time. So it's yeah. like you know, got to pick my battles. Yeah. Um, uh, there was something I wanted to bring up and I forgot what it was now. God damn it! But yeah, the, that 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 moment when you said that kill my dick song and I. I you have no idea. Like, I wish I could have had a camera on me while we were talking about that. Because all I was thinking was, what the fuck is this guy talking about? And then it dawned on me. I'm like, oh, he thinks that Killed by Death is called Kill My Dick. That's very unfortunate. However, now when I hear it, I think of that and it makes me laugh every single time. And I listen to Motorhead a lot. So, <laughs> thanks for that. You are most welcome, sir. Yeah. I aim to please. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, uh, from killed my dick. I think uh, there are a couple <laughs> of other from. Uh, 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 it's hard to follow that one up, but uh, a couple other couple other topics here. Did you want to? Did you want to bring something up? I got something in the chamber. Here, um, but, what yeah. I want to bring up is gonna is gonna trigger you, and you're gonna want to stop the podcast. So let, why don't why don't you go ahead with yours, and then we'll end on okay. All the, right. Uh, well, yeah. Yeah. All right. I think I know what you want to talk about, you son of a bitch. But uh, uh, okay. Uh, so a couple of things. This is going to be a bit of a downer of a section, honestly. But actually, let's make it. Let's make it a celebration because there are there are a few. There, you know, I wanted to talk about a few folks that we lost in the last year, um, and uh, specifically uh, um, uh, so two two that are more recent. But uh, but so let's talk about a, a director I really like. I think of someone you really like, and a lot of people uh, like cherish this guy's movies. Uh, Mr. Richard Donner, Dick Donner. Uh, yeah, Richard Donner uh, died in uh, July, uh, passed away July last year, I believe, and he was ninety-one. He's in the early nineties, I think. Uh, but man, uh, Richard Donner has an uh, just an incredible film career. Like I, I can easily call him like a like a like a real legendary filmmaker, in my opinion. He's made some exceptional films. Um, you know, starting with let's—I mean, let's talk about it right away. Like Superman, nineteen seventy-eight, Christopher Reeves. Uh, you know, amazing, amazing film. Uh, one that I haven't seen in a long time, actually. Um, but one of the things that when when Richard Donner passed, uh, it, I realized I was looking at his filmography, and I realized there's a lot of these movies that I've heard of that I haven't seen before. Um, so I think this summer and over the fall, I'm going to try and close the gaps on some of that. So let's talk a little bit about Richard Donner's movies here. So let's talk about, so Superman is one, but before Superman, he did in 1976, he did the Omen. Okay. Have you seen, have you seen the Omen? The original? Yeah. Yeah. Did he do the original? I did not know that. He did. Yes. Yes, I have. This, I really liked that. That movie scared the shit out of me. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen it. My mom's seen it. And I haven't seen it, so I'm like, damn. All right, I gotta close that. I gotta close that gap quickly. So um, yeah. Richard, Richard, uh, yeah. So Richard Donner directed The Omen, but that's the thing. His 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 filmography is so eclectic, and not to mention his production, yeah. his producer credits. We'll get into that in a bit. But so we got The Omen, got Superman, Superman Two, total shit show, uh, a great sequel to Superman. It ended up being a great sequel, but. It's uh, you know well known, and we won't get into too many details. That uh, Richard Donner was filming it and was fired by the studio, was replaced by a director named Richard Lester, who finished the movie. Um, then they released in uh, the Superman two the the Richard Donner cut, and I've not seen that. Have you seen that? I don't think I have. Okay. No, I don't think I have. Okay, so that's another one. I got That's another one. I've got to kind of close here. I'm just going to go through some of these. He's got the inside moves, the toy, and uh, I'm not I'm not sure what those ones are. But the other one that people are going to recognize is the Goonies, 1985. Yeah. Uh, you know, like a seminal, like classic. A lot of people grew up with that movie, and they're showing it to their kids. One that I don't think is ever really going to go away. Um, incredible, you know, kids in peril sort of adventure adventure film. Uh, hey, you guys! Oh, yeah. sloth, amazing. Uh, then he did a movie in 1985 called Lady Hawk, which is with Michelle yep. Pfeiffer, I believe. Pfeiffer, yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I've yep. not seen it. Michelle Pfeiffer. And, and, uh, it's, it looks really good. And Rutger Hauer. 
Hmm. Yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's like a fantasy film. Another one that I'm uh, on my list. 1987, Lethal Weapon. Uh, you know, Danny Glover, Mel Gibson. Excellent, excellent film. Uh, you know, one that one that, that uh, you know, like spawned a massive franchise as well. Um, yeah. 1988, a year after, did Scrooged. I think arguably one of the best Christmas films ever made. I think that movie is yeah. incredible. The end of that movie is so good with Bill Murray uh, doing that sort of ad lib speech uh, at the end of the film. Gets me every time. Gets the gets the emotions going. Um, yeah. 1989, Lethal Weapon 2. Great sequel. Excellent. Someone gets us killed with a surfboard, high-speed surfboard flying through the air. Excellent car chase. Uh, and then there's the line that, uh, oh, well, we can't identify the guy because he's, someone's got a, the guy's got a surfboard where his head used to be. I'm pretty sure that's a line in that movie. Um, you comment on any of these as we go here. Uh, we've got Lethal Weapon 3 in 1992, uh, introduces Joe Pesci. That was kind of fun. But let's talk about this one. 1994, Maverick. Excellent yeah. movie. I love that movie. I watched that with my dad. I remember watching that with my dad. So the lethal, I'll, 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 let me go back real quick. So the lethal yeah. weapon franchise, like if you want to put like, like the top, the, the top tier of like buddy cop movies, that's it. Yeah. Yes. It's lethal weapon. Honestly, yeah. there is not one, like you can show me any other one. It does not beat lethal weapon. Mel Gibson and Danny Glover are the shit in that. And they have such a good dynamic. Oh man. Danny, so Danny Glover, I feel like. He didn't really get his no, well. I, he, he didn't get the accolade from that. I, I don't feel like as much like he was never regarded as kind of the cool guy. You know what I mean? Like yeah, he wasn't yeah. like the guy of that franchise. It was probably it felt more like Mel Gibson. But like he is every bit, if not m- more entertaining than Mel Gibson. He's just so crotchety and grumpy all yeah, the time. I, love it. I just I I really liked the way that he he played the Murtaugh character. Oh yeah, um, me too. And 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 we're talking about like. You know, if we're talking about really good buddy buddy cop movies, Maverick is one of my favorite westerns of all time. I don't know if you yeah. cl- like; it's kind of like a soft western. Sure, yeah. it's it's very stylized. It's very clean looking. Like yeah. everything's super clean. Yeah, but I that that movie just I, that always get that's one of my favorite movies of all time is Maverick. Yeah, so I, I just yeah. I, I can't get enough of him. I didn't realize. So I'm going through his filmography here. At first, I didn't realize he did Scrooge. That's dope because I do love yes. Scrooge. Yes, but um. There was a, a a movie called Assassins with Benicio oh, del Toro yeah. and oh, yeah. and uh, what's his name Sly uh, Stallone. Yeah, Stallone. I didn't realize that he did that one either, and it's yeah. so crazy. Like that one's. A I, I I've only seen that movie once, and I just remember it being weird and insane, but kind of like strangely entertaining. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And I, conspiracy um, theory. No. I didn't realize he did that either. This is That's crazy. right. Yeah, conspiracy theory. That's right. Yeah, Maverick in nineteen ninety four, nineteen ninety five. Uh, well, the other thing I wanted to mention about Lethal Weapon One is that it has crazy Gary Busey in it playing Mister Joshua, and uh, me and my brother have a lot of fun with that name, Mister Joshua. Oh, Mister Joshua. And uh, I just I love the way they say it in that movie. It's so good. He's scary, man. Scary Gary. Um, Dude, G- Gary Busey in his prime was something. He was something. Oh, like that. He I feel like was just. Very intimidating in Predator 2. Yeah. He was, uh, what else? He was in um, Under Siege. He was a very oh, yeah, formidable that's right. adversary in, in Under Siege. Um, yeah, man. He was, like, before he had his accident, he was, like, he was what a, shit. I, he I'd, I'd actually like to see his filmography. Yeah, he had a, he had a, 
a motorcycle accident that kind of uh, messed him up some. Really? Which kind of leads to the Gary Busey of today. No way. We I can kind of tell that. not not everything's all right. Yeah, there there was that. I feel like there was something else that there was another medical thing that happened to him as well in conjunction with that. But I think that the two kind of caused the, I don't know, downfall might sound too negative because I don't think that's, you know, the best way to put it. But Right, right. You know, um, him, him his not dec- being... I guess his decline a little bit. Like he wasn't in as many yes. movies and the roles that he was taking were like some of those like, uh, like secondary or like... Uh, you know, cameo appearances, maybe. Like, it's funny we mentioned Gary Busey because this ties back to our conversation about. Uh, um, sorry, now I've just remembered. It's not Treyarch that's the developer of uh, Killing Floor Two. It's Tripwire. That's, right. Yeah. So it ties back to that because every time we play Killing Floor, it's in December for our land party, and they always have the holiday theme going on, where all of the uh, bad guys or all the villains are dressed up as like holiday characters, and like even the bosses as well. And uh, Gary Busey plays Santa Claus, and we always hear his voice every year. I like I now associate Gary Busey's like drunk sounding Santa Claus with Christmas. <laughs> Like December, <laughs> it's not Christmas until Gary Busey, uh, you know, uh, is talking to me about uh, blowing up his uh, like a, a demon who's taken over his his uh, workshop. So, um, yeah, yeah, uh, but yeah, no, Gary Busey in you know Lethal Weapon one, um, and who have we got here? We got uh, Assassins. You mentioned, I think, a pretty great action film. I haven't seen it in a very long time, so again, I want to revisit that conspiracy theory. Really intense. I remember that being a really intense film. Um, and Lethal Weapon 4, a movie that I actually really like for the fourth entry in any franchise. I think this is a pretty good, pretty entertaining film, uh, in my opinion. It's the one that I got to see in I think theaters. it's underappreciated. Yeah, I got to see I that actually one like theaters. that one better than 3 by, like, a lot. Yeah, I think so. 3 wasn't particularly memorable for me. I've almost forgotten what happens, but one and two were like, I think those are action classics in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're cemented um, in my mind. The third one had that weaselly, I think he was a cop. He was very weaselly though. I just, the, the main villain, they had the cop killer bullets. Yeah. That was the thing I remember from oh, it. Oh yeah. And Cause I they just, go through the, the, they go through the, uh, the vests, like they're, they're, they're yeah, the armor the piercing rounds. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I just I remember not liking the villain, but then you go into four and you've got Jet Li, like, you know, it, it, the whole film is really them dealing with the fact that they are no longer in their prime, right? And then it gets to that last scene in the movie, like the basically yeah. the end of the film when it's it's the two of them in the rain, like the, yeah. the visuals just yeah, look yeah. so good, yeah. And you've got Jet Li who is probably five foot five feet tall and like. A hundred pounds soaking wet, and he is the most one of the most terrifying villains yes. on screen. Yes, maybe oh, not, but you, you get what I mean. He's got he has a very strong presence in that movie, yeah. being that scary and that intimidating of a character. And you've got these two guys that are clearly outclassed, and they're going to try and take him down on their own. The rain's pouring down; they already look defeated, but they just press on, and it's just such a like I don't know. I just those characters that you've grown to care about over these four movies being in such a downtrodden kind of space and still managing to make it out. Spoiler alert. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah I, I just, I feel like that movie gets a lot less love than I really think it should. Like, it's yeah. it's definitely better than three. I'd argue that it, it could be in the conversation of being up there with two. It's not one, because one is the, the OG of the, the franchise, but, like, Two, I feel like, gets sometimes a little more love than it deserves. Not much, because I think it is that it, it is that it is that good. 
but I don't know. I feel like four had a lot of good stuff about it too. I I agree, man. I uh, there is a line at the end of Lethal Weapon four that I like use in like everyday conversation. If uh, if we're talking about, I think it was I, I've used the line in everyday con like in, in conversation before because I love I love it when they're talking to each other. They're like, because Jet Li is just standing there. And they're talking to each other about whether they're going to, like, take try and take him now. Yes. He's like, you know, yes. you know, my arm hurts. And I, I'm paraphrasing here, but they're kind of bantering back and forth. And like, you know what? Like, you know, we can go back. We can get, you know, we can get a couple hundred guys. And this is what Mel Gibson says. And it just kills me every time. It's like, yeah, we'll come back. We'll just, like, you know, chase him down with a howitzer or something. You know, like something like that. So that line has always stuck out in my head. Because uh, I didn't know what a howitzer yeah. was. And I looked it up. And I'm like, oh, shit. That's <laughs> Like, no joke, like, heavy armament. Um, and uh, it's a line that's, like, stuck with me. And, like, whenever it's applicable in, like, everyday conversation, I would be, I, I would I would say that line the way Mel Gibson says it because I love that. And that scene, he is terrifying. And, yeah. um, and, and they get beat up in that scene, man. It's, like, a brutal fight. Like, Jet Li beats yeah. the shit yeah. out of both of these guys. Um, and that's what I love about the movie. It's so... It doesn't pull its punches when it comes to, like, the violence. Like, these guys are getting yeah. dummied, you know? Like, they're getting hurt. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it looks like it hurts. Mel Gibson's... Both Mel Gibson and Danny Glover, but I think Mel Gibson has made a career out of, like, looking like he is in physical pain. I feel like that he is an absolute legend at looking like... Yeah. That looks like it hurts. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, he's good at it. Uh, Lethal Weapon 4, and then we get uh, Timeline, which I feel like is really the only dud that I know about or that I've seen in this list. Is kind of a time travel movie that wasn't that was based on a Michael Crichton novel that I was really excited to see, and and it wasn't it wasn't very good. Paul Walker was in it. I don't know if that rings a bell or not, mm. but uh, then he did a not movie called si he did a movie called Sixteen Blocks, which I actually quite like. It's with Bruce Willis and uh, Most Deaf. And, uh, of all folks, mm -hmm. and, like, basically, it's Bruce Willis's cop trying to get a witness or, uh, like, most deaf or, like, I can't remember if he was a witness or he's, like, a perp trying to get him to, like, the police station. But in between those six, those 16 blocks, like, there are a bunch of folks that want to kill him. So he's, like, protecting right. him as he, as he goes. And uh, I remember liking that movie a lot, too. And, uh, you know, production credits, I mean, he produced X-Men, he wrote a great, you know, like the X-Men series, you know, him and Lauren Schuler Donner, I think that's his wife, I think it's his wife, uh, yes. produ pr producing team that they've produced so much, so many films and uh, a lot of the X-Men movies and, um, and, you know, like a visionary in my opinion, like what a great, great director, I've heard a lot of his commentaries, such a soft-spoken dude, um, and, you know, just leading up to his death, he was talking about he was going to get back in the director's saddle and do Lethal Weapon 5 with Mel Gibson. But now, I think Mel Gibson, I think, might actually direct the film, uh, which is also great because I think Mel Gibson's an amazing director, too. So, very yeah. sad to see uh, Richard Donner go. Uh, he worked with the other thing, Jeff Johns, on, like, that uh, that uh, Superman arc, and, uh, in, uh, and that was really good, and uh, comic mm -hmm. arc. Um, you know... Just great. Just great stuff. Uh, I was really sad oh, to yeah. see him go. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to pour one out for... Uh, well, I have multiple times <laughs> since since last year. Um, so, yeah. Like, if, if you're interested at all in any of these movies, I, I, 
I highly recommend checking it out. Richard Donner's filmography is so kind of varied and he's made so many classics. So I hope we mentioned something here that you're like, oh, I didn't know this guy directed that movie and might seek it out now. Check it out, man. It's, uh, it's, he's, he's super talented in my opinion. Um, the other two, uh, I'll try and make, you know, I know that we're, we're, we're going on time here, but, uh, we had two, like one that you just told me about right now, uh, you know, Tim Sale, yeah. uh, the artist, uh, I think best known in my, at least sort of among my friends and, 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 and my, in my family as the, uh, as the artist for uh, the long Halloween and Batman long Halloween and Batman dark victory, uh, unfortunately passed away just yesterday, just two days ago, I saw a headline that he had gone to the hospital and I was talking to a buddy and I was like, this is really sad. I hope he, you know, I hope he makes it out. And then you just told me before we started recording that Tim Sale passed away. And that really just sucks. Tim Sale is just an incredible artist. Um, and if you don't believe me, check out Batman, the long Halloween, uh, Batman, dark victory. Like the long Halloween has been the source for so many Batman stories, in the in the in the films, like Christopher Nolan's yes. like take has was was heavily lifted from you know the Long Halloween, um, right. so so uh, yeah, like it's it's in his art and his his art his Batman even the Batman is inspired by the Long Halloween in the in the because I think uh, Falcone the character was introduced in the Long Halloween like that so that was a new yes. character, um, along with us. Uh, Sal Maroney. I'm not sure if Sal Maroney was 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 a character, you know, that existed before the Long Halloween. But uh, you know, certainly Carmine Falcone was was introduced there, and his relationship with, uh, you know, with Batman, his relationship with Catwoman, and his uh, and the sort of with Gotham was all established there. So it's all, you know, his his visuals for what they look like are so evocative man whenever i whenever i hear falcone i don't think of you know tom wilkinson from batman begins or i don't think of uh john totoro from the batman i think of the way he looked in the comic book i have the absolute edition for for uh long halloween i'm so glad i have that yeah it's so good it looks so good in oversized print just gorgeous gorgeous um yeah anything else to anything else to add there no, I I wish I knew more about him. I've seen some of his Marvel art as well. He's just got such a nice, like, it's a very different style of comic, of art. Forget comic. Just it's a, He's a very different style of artist than you typically would see yeah. in comic books and in, in any type of, um, you know, he's just different. And, and it was, it was, I thought it was special. His Batman was just, it was just different. I, I yeah. honestly, I, I'm trying to think of a better way to describe it, but different is, is the most, is the best thing that I can come up with. And honestly, I think I, I'd like to think it's a compliment because, you know, you see a lot of different takes on Batman, but they're all kind of in the same vein. His, I felt was special. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I agree with that. Uh, he also did a story of Superman for all seasons, which was also written by Jeff Loeb. Loeb also wrote uh, mm-hmm. The Long Halloween and Dark Victory. Uh, that's also great too. So if you haven't if you haven't read that, and his Superman again, like big bold colors, but that quirky, quirky, you know, non realistic, almost cartoonish but moody style. Like it, you think it might it wouldn't mm-hmm. work for Superman, but like I think it totally works. It was it was a lot of fun to see him take on a more colorful character in that in in the Superman Superman books. So uh, you know, right. rest in peace, man. 
Uh, that's another, like, he's an absolute, like, you know, like, very formative for me because he became big when I was collecting comic books during that period. So seeing his, seeing his art evolve over time and uh, was, was a real pleasure. Um, so I was sad to see him go. Uh, and then another one, another, what, what I would say, I think is like, uh, you know, like just a massive legend in the comic book artist industry. George Perez also passed away, unfortunately. Crisis on Infinite Earths, um, his legendary like Wonder Woman run. Uh, he's the best known for like drawing hundreds of characters on a single two page spread, you know, like many characters, so much detail in all the characters. So that's, that's what Crisis on Infinite Earths, sort of the original story called for lots of heroes lots of villains all on the same page but most recently like uh he he actually drew the uh jla avengers crossover mm-hmm. which the jla avengers crossover is pure just fan service heaven i don't know have you read it front yeah. to back i haven't no it's it's honestly like in a world in a world now where you know this stuff is common knowledge. Like a lot of these characters are now like there's, there's, there's movie universes and Marvel's doing what they're doing. And, you know, DC's gotten the word out there, you know, and, and everyone's like, you know, Iron Man, Captain America are like household names. Now the flash and like Aquaman are like kind of like household names. Now, um, reading the book for even like somebody who doesn't have all of the history, it would be just a total, just, just so much fun. And he and just think about it. It's it's like almost every Avenger and every member of the Justice League that's been there up until the publishing of that of that book. And he just nails it, man. It's so so good, so detailed. Um, yeah, amazing. I, I and like George Perez. Absolute, like I said, absolute legend. Like, uh, but those I think Christ's Son Infinite Earths is one of his biggest uh, claims claims to fame. But the just JLA Avengers. For sure. JLA Avengers, uh, unfortunately, was out of print for the longest time. But when George Perez got sick, uh, he um, they actually did a re-release of it. So actually, like the trade paperback that I've got, I think is like worth a decent mm. amount of money because it's not even the soft cover is it's you can't find it anywhere. They did a minimum printing of like five thousand copies or some shit or whatever. But you know, like sometimes it gets gobbled up by. You know, people who just want to resell and they want to, you know, go on eBay or like Kijiji and try and resell the book for however much money. But, uh, but yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's pretty much out of print. And the last reprint, which was done as a result of him going, you know, going to the hospital, or sorry, not going to the hospital, but but uh, you know, when we found out that he was sick and terminal, um, he uh, they did it to honor him, uh, but also limited limited set. So it's going to be hard to find that. You know, um, uh, that copy of, of that story, which is unfortunate because I think that, you know, a lot of people might enjoy it. It's very dense. It's not, you know, it's not, you know, high art, but it is, it'll just kind of put a smile on your face if you read it. Right. Yeah. I, I just popped into into Amazon. Yeah, you're right. I can't find anything about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a tough yeah. find. And I think if you do locate a copy, it'll be like 200, 200 300 bucks to, to like buy it. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. That's that's a lot of money for for a comic book. So, um, yeah, 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 it's crazy how that works out. Yeah. All right. Crazy. Sorry. So that is that is my uh, well. The one last thing from the comic book side. I know I'm talking a lot. Eh. Yeah, Jump in if it. I'm not. No, no, you're good. I'm. I've. You I've got always this, talk a lot. What the I fuck do. are you talking about? You I know. This all I know. the time. I know. I do this all the time. Yapping, and I've yap, been, yap. It's been it's pent fine. up. 
pent up over a long period of time. I'll pent try and, up. Yeah, I try. I'll try to try to get this one out. A strong recommendation. Yeah, strong recommendation, even for you, for our listeners, to read, is called "The Last God." Twelve issues. It's collected in a hardback, uh, hardcover. Written hardback. by hardback. You know, some people say hardback, right? I said hardback. Really? Um, yeah, yeah. They say hardback. Yeah. Hmm. Um, written by Philip Back Kennedy. <laughs> what else you got? You're gonna, I, Nothing, you're, I'm you're done. really, you're I'm fucking done. my I'm flow done. up here. You're really fucking it up. All right. Hey listen, man, buddy. you've been talking for the last 40 minutes. What the I fuck know. do you want me to do? <laughs> I know. I know. All right. Now shut up and listen to for another 20 minutes. Okay. Um, yes, it's sir. written by Philip Kennedy Johnson and uh, illustrated by Ricardo Federici. I think I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, also, like a bunch of... Uh, uh, and uh, colored by Sonny Go. And uh, this is a fantasy... It's a basically... There's a few comic series I recommend to folks that sometimes might believe the medium is meant to only tell stories for suit letter, like, uh, of superheroes and, like, superheroics. Um, I love a good superhero story, like we were just talking about, but the medium has been used to tell all kinds of stories in all genres. These, you know, these recommendations make up a lot of my favorite books. You know, if you want something that's on the horror side, we did a whole, you know, episode on this, Lock and Key, right? It's an excellent, excellent horror story. Uh, you want crime and grit, you can do Scalped, you can do 100 Bullets, you can do all kinds of great, you know, uh, uh, great stories. The list goes on. And uh, now I can safely add, you know, High fantasy with fully realized world, complex characters, extensive mythology and lore with a dash of like kind of that sort of cosmic Lovecraftian horror thrown in for good measure. That's The Last God. It's what a fucking ride. Like, uh, you know, uh, it's a standout mon like monolith of proof that a sprawling like fantasy story can be told in 12 issues without becoming overwhelming or incredibly, uh, you know, and actually still like leaving you wanting more. Highly recommended. Um, I got, like I said, I got the hardback, right? And the hardback is glorious. Uh, it, it's 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 so glorious because it's beautiful. There's it's beautiful artwork. Uh, supplement. Uh, there's supplemental material that builds the world out a little bit. But the best part is the dust jacket of the hard hardback unfolds. Yeah, and folds out into like a massive detailed map of the world and that the story takes place in. Yeah. Marinating that shit, yeah, it's fucking great. <laughs> it is great. So that's my that's my two cents on the Last God. I've got a copy. I'm happy to lend that shit to you. I think you, I, you know, it, although I don't think you're I you're actually too yeah. too into the high fantasy. Like I don't think that that's your genre. So this might not work for you actually. Now that I'm thinking about it, but no, I'm good either way, man. I dude, I I any ch chance I get to just jump into something different. Um, something that's usually not in my usual wheelhouse. I'm always down for that, man. I love trying new stuff or reading new stuff or right. being exposed to new stuff. Just expose yourself to me. It's fine. Yeah. Um, no worries. <laughs> anytime, buddy. Anytime. So, so I'm going to actually, I'm not going to close on the topic, uh, regarding the war in the stars. Um, I'll save that for a latter episode because I, I feel like that'll get us talking for a while and we've been yeah, talking yeah. for a bit. Um, the other thing, there is one one quick shout out I wanted to do. 
Um, and I don't know if you've seen it yet. And I, I want you to check it out after this episode, or even if you want to right now. Mm. Um, my buddy Ricky, he's been putting together, you've met him, I'm sure at least a few, a few times. times. Yeah. My buddy Ricky, he's a very good, dig- like he's an excellent digital artist. I've, he, he was working, he was working with me at DreamWorks. He was a surfacer there. And then he's, he's moved on to all kinds of different ar- other artistic endeavors. He's a fucking beast, but he's been putting out, um, I don't know how, on what frequency, um, his, his Instagram handle is at Ricky Baba, Right. Ricky B-A-B-A. Right. And um, he's been putting out um, stills of rendered characters that he put together, like 3D uh, 3D designs of the Street Fighter characters. Oh, and yeah. And if you take a look at some of these characters, they are so good. Like, to the point where, he, like, he's getting, he's getting hit up with, I'm seeing him, like, you know... I don't know. I don't know how much blow. Like, if if saying blowing up is maybe a little too aggressive, I don't know. But like, a lot of people referencing his art, which is really cool. Like, complete strangers that that I don't know at least. I thought but you were like, going to say he's like he's visibility beauty. on it. Yeah. <laughs> the way you uh, the way you paused in your sentence, you're like he's getting hit up with blow. I thought he was just getting truckloads of fucking cocaine dropped off at his house. <laughs> he might be. He might be. Um, but no, and, and if you actually look at it, there's a reason for that. Like, the amount of detail and thought that he puts into how he's actually designing these characters and some of the subtle design choices that he makes are, are like, he's a true artist. Like, it, and he's kind of got kind of like a, a Pixar type of, um, the way that he's designing the characters, like, with some, some of the more hero, heroic characters with, like, slightly larger eyes and, like, taking a lot of design principles from, like, how those those characters are designed. If you look at the way he's putting together these Street Fighter characters, it'll blow you away. Yeah, um, I'm looking at Some of the right stuff now. is just so good. Yeah, man. I, I'm trying to remember what my fa- – like, I really liked what he did with Dalsum. Um, yeah, I'm seeing I it liked now. Blanca. Blanca looked really cool. Um, but yeah, if you, if you're a Street Fighter fan, I certainly recommend you to check out Ricky Baba's page. Like I said, it's at Ricky Baba on Instagram and it is, it's just really cool. It's worth, it's definitely worth checking out. I like the, the, the fine hairs on, on Dalsum's body. Um, <laughs> I'm jealous because, uh, you know, I don't know too many Indians that, uh, that don't are just covered in a sheet <laughs> of, of hair. Um, he- he Good keeps himself very well groomed. Oh yeah, and I'm noticing um, on even on his Zangief, I'm looking at his Zangief yes. right now, and it's like clear Zangief trims, like it, he trims his chest hair, like you can see it's yeah. almost see like it's really funny. But th- but th- that's the kind of detail that we're talking about, like fine hairs on the shoulders, like the beard, yes. looks incredible. Yes. And you're say- like you were saying, the 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 eyes are a little bit larger. Um, let me take a look yeah. at the Blanco one. Okay, Guile is Honda's here. is really nice too. Yeah, Guile's, Guile's is good. Guile, we got chin. That, that is, is just, America's chin, sir. Guile is my boy, man. Like Guile's my go-to for Street <laughs> Fighter, man. And I, I just this is a great rendition. It's a great rendition of him. Even that little smirk on his face. That yeah, man. Guy. And if you if you go into the uh, if you go into the the dog tags, I'm pretty sure that says Baba right there. So does it? Oh, does little, it? Nice. Nice. Yeah, nice. yeah, a little nod to himself. But like even little things like the, the the that you know, you can see the refraction of his eyes through the glasses. Like you mentioned the 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 small little hair follicles and stuff throughout yeah. his body. Yeah. Um and and that's visible on on most of them. But like yeah, it just the the texturing on the clothing, like it he there's a very fine attention to detail on all of this. 
and I, I, I just, I want to make sure there's more people that are looking at this because it's yeah. just, it's super cool. I, I'm, I'm so excited. Like I'm counting the days until he actually releases, um, what's his name? Uh, the big boss, big boss man. Bison. Um, bison. Yeah. Yeah. Bison. I can't wait till I see that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm bison, looking at the, real good. I'm looking at the Chun-Li one and even like the texture on her like outfit, like on the actual, like, yeah. uh, I don't know what you call that. Uh, but her top basically like there is yeah. so there is so much there's so much detail even in the gold trim there's like this yeah. texture on the gold trim which uh which looks really great yeah this is yeah i don't know how long this shit takes to do but good for him man this is like this is staggering level of detail but just it's not it's yeah. not detail in that it's realistic because it's still like no, no, you said, heavily stylized, heavily stylized, but uh, it's a great because some of the sometimes when you get that mix wrong, art can yes. be totally off putting, you know, right? Uh, yeah. I don't know if you remember when we saw the first Sonic trailer when Sonic looked like that, like <laughs> yeah. you know, that like that mix between like cartoony and realism. And when you get it wrong, you get like Sonic with like human calves and like you know, like yeah. weird stuff like that. And it just it looks awful, but this is a he seems to have found the right balance between, you know, emotive sort of, uh, you know, cartoon cartoonishness and a little that little bit of reality that makes things like super tangible, uh, like it. Yeah, man, looks cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, sir. Anyways, that was that was the only other thing I got I, for now. I've got a few other topics I'll keep in the chamber until the next episode. Yeah, you know. Sorry, uh, this has been the Uttal show. With, you know, <laughs> Justin moderating. Uh, yeah, I know. I'm sorry. I, I talk a lot. So, you know, next time I'm going to let you talk more. You're, you're fine. It's okay. I'm generally pretty quiet. Except when I'm being absolutely hilarious. So, with that, I think that we can sign off. Uh, this has been Justin. This has been Otto. And thank you all for listening. And we will see you next time. Cheers. Peace. Peace. See you.